Also, the audio is just kind of bizarre sometimes. <clears throat> All right, there we go. Now we're recording. Perfect. Um, and the first train begins. Yeah, this is, uh, for everybody listening, we are recording actually outside. So if you hear a lot of tons of background noise, which I know you can hear because I can also overhear <laughs> it. <laughs> but it's much like every other person in Chicago. If it's nice out, you know what? God damn it, I'm going outside. I, it's so crazy because like it's been the worst winter time, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm totally in the same boat. I really just I'm I'm over this, and I just really really want to be outside right now. Yeah. So Tyler came over. This is guest on the pod today, Tyler Ross. Hey, that's me. Uh, this is of course your host Brendan Lemon. You guys know me. Uh, we're probably going to get a lot of interference from this wind. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a more of a test of your patience than a podcast. Than a podcast at this point. But you guys know me. This is Brendan Lemon. Um, this is uh, this is the pod. And so what we're going to talk about is a bunch of different stuff that you have going on. Yeah. And um, we were talking already about... So Tyler Ross is a comedian in Chicago. And he, uh, I've known him for a long time. We met in Denver, Colorado. We met in Denver, Colorado years ago. By the way, you can hear the L in Chicago in the background, everybody. That's how you know it's authentic. Yeah, this is real. Yeah. This isn't, we're going to have to get, I'm not going to chop this up with a whole bunch of like strange audio. I was going to say, yeah, the sound effect uh, button that you have over there to make the L in the background is really unnecessary. Yeah, this isn't the Palm Pilots podcast, okay? We're out here on the back porch of my apartment in Lakeview. It's sunny. It's finally above 30 degrees in Chicago. And um, we've got sour beers we're drinking out Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're trying to just trying to soak it up because, man, it is like... After a Chicago winter, you don't ever want to go back inside again. Yeah, absolutely not. I, uh, it's one of the things that I love whenever a bar, like, opens up all the windows. Like, they got the patio chairs outside. Like, I'm doing all that. I don't care. Yeah. I've, like, definitely forced myself more times when I was like, nope, it's the date that we are past when it's cold. I'm sitting outside. I don't <laughs> care. I know it's blowing wind, and I have to hold, like, most of my silverware and food down, but I don't care. I'm staying outside. Yeah, the wind chill's, like, dropping it to, like, 45, <laughs> and you're like, I don't give a fuck. There's, like, a light rain. I'm like, I don't care. Nope, it's just... Uh, I don't care. It was 20 is, minutes of sun earlier today. Maybe it'll come back. My food is more tender now. That's, that's, <laughs> how I, that's how I break it down. I got bad teeth. Oh, man. Uh, well, like, here's... So, yeah, I've known you for a long time, but, yeah. like, one of the things and the reason I kind of wanted to have you on the pod is that uh, you have... Uh, you're really developing your own business in the world of stand-up by doing shows kind of all over the place, mm-hmm. and you're doing it from scratch. It's kind of amazing. We were talking about, like, the, the model that you've developed, basically, and you started doing shows... At, not to give away the game sure, here to it. the world of podcast hey, people. And I'll be the first one to admit, this was a stolen idea from someone else that I heard about, <laughs> and we just developed in our own market, and that's really what uh, it is. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm, and I'll, I'll like say this at first. Like, everything I do kind of stems from this book. Uh, it's a very short book. It's called Steal Like an Artist, and it's like it's one of these books. It's a great book. Uh, incredible. It's like one of these books that reminds you, like, everything, if you're trying to be, like, original, you're fucking not. You're, like, a subset of something else, and, yeah. like, it makes it easier in some capacity. Uh, Pablo Picasso said, uh, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Yeah. So I guess the lesson is go steal material. <laughs> <laughs> and then change an uh to a the. Uh, it's my bit now. <laughs> I said the, not uh, bank. <laughs> bank. Take that. It's my always go-to whenever I'm saying like a cliche comedy thing. I'm like, well, the other day at the bank. <laughs> I don't know why that's my example. but uh, Airplane food. I, uh, at the class I was, uh, so I'm teaching a stand-up class now, yeah. because why not? Um, 
the first thing I, one of the first things I said to them, I'm like, listen, we're going to go through a lot of material. We're going to write. We're going to figure it out. But, like, I just want you to know, sometimes you're going to have parallel thoughts. Sometimes I'm going to call you out on things that are just, like, overdone. So if one of you comes up here and tries to tell me about airline food, I'm going to shut you down right away. <laughs> I just want you guys all to know that that's my one rule. No airline food. <laughs> uh, I taught a class in Boulder, Colorado. I taught a stand-up comedy class. Oh, really? Yeah. And, what uh, was it for? Like, uh, at a, what was the, the, the setting of it? Let me rephrase. It was a Boulder community. It was like, um, we started meeting. It was through, like, some kind of community group. And I had, you know, the Boulder, out in Boulder, Colorado, there was the Boulder Improv Collective. Okay. Yeah. And they did an improv group called uh, Two Blocks East or Two Blocks West or yeah. something. And then they had the one called, like, the, the something Comic Mafia something. And, always, uh, always a fun name when yeah. you have, like, a tough comedy name. Oh, yeah, especially from Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, watch me on Pearl Street. I'm going to come at you. Yeah, watch out, dude. Yeah. You know how progressive this shit is? <laughs> Y'all don't know how progressive this shit is. Yeah, we get killed as a suggestion every night. Oh, my God, dude. It was so... We would go to these Boulder comedy improv shows, and uh, I would, you know, I would... I was doing a lot of improv. I stopped doing improv when I was at the Voodoo, actually, <laughs> in Denver, <laughs> Because uh, I was doing it with Carnival Code, which was Steve Vanderplug was yeah, also on I, that. That was the that was the other house team. So you were on the one, I was on the other, and I I can't even for the life of me remember what our name was, uh, but I remember Carnival Code for sure. Yeah, Carnival Code. I came up with that name. I'm shocked. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great name. It had to have come from you. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> this is Tyler. You've always kind of been, I'll say this, this is like one of these, like I wish that I had a more successful pod so like people when they listen to it would be like, <laughs> oh man, like they have a history. But like you a little bit have always been kind of a gadfly to me. Like I don't know what it, what it is about you, Tyler, but like even back in Denver, I would be like slightly mad because I'd be like, I don't like what I don't know what it is about you particularly, but like I'll try to say or do something like meaningful and you'll be like, <laughs> okay. And then, like, and I'm like, ah! my natural, <laughs> that's because my natural coping is like, wait, I'm sorry, is this a real thing being said to me? Uh, let's deflect real quick. Uh, I don't like this at all. Like, it's just like anytime you've been after a show and someone who's an audience member is like genuinely like, oh my God, I really like that and like wants to compliment you, which I've heard other comics get. Yeah. Um, but what do you say? You're like, thanks. Yeah. Like, no, you were better. Like, yeah, I don't know what to say of these things, you know? Oh, man. No, so where were, where were we? So I've known you for a long time. Yeah, uh, comedy classes you are talking about. Yeah, well, I did a comedy class there, and it was um, just for extra money. But uh, That's why I'm doing well, it. <laughs> what are you getting paid, if you don't mind me asking? Um, uh, it's, like, somewhere around, like, 400 bucks or something. That's How many students? Are nine students right now. We do six weeks in a show. Oh, that's that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like pretty standard. La- shout out to Laugh Out Loud, man. They've been hooking me up. I teach a kids' improv class as well uh, earlier in the day, so which is like the most fun. Like watching kids do improv is incredible because they're really good at it, and like kids make kids make, remind you that comedy is so simple. Like we all ever think about, like, oh, I need to have this interesting premise that goes into this good setup and then an awesome act out. And like I watch like kids do improv and be like. Oh, you're making me laugh by not knowing anything, and you're so smart. And they don't now. care. Yeah. They don't, and it's it's hurts me so bad because I'm like, I wish I could just do how. You, anyway, I feel like that's the thing is like they, but that's kind of the point of improv is like you're kind of forgetting these. And that's definitely a true. social. Yeah. yeah, whatever is programmed in your head about making sense or about things like fitting together is you're supposed to be losing that mm-hmm. in a kind of way. 
And I, uh, I mean, t- the teaching the stand-up class, like, from doing stand-up enough, you eventually get to a point where, you're like, you're like, I know the steps of doing it. Maybe I can't all the time, like, follow through or practically apply it to myself. But on, like, a big board, you can be like, all right, this is how comedy can look. Yeah. And, like, all those classes... They're mostly to help people like get the ball rolling and like at totally. least idea generate. Yeah, and and, and force them speak. to have a flashpoint to the idea of them getting on stage. Exactly, like and I, somebody to work with who has some experience doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, like I'd love to do more classes, or maybe like even if we're on the road, my goal would be to maybe like set up like a workshop somewhere if we're somewhere on the weekend. Like, oh, we're in Memphis on Saturday. Cool. Let me call like the community library and see if like I can just set up like a stand up workshop. Like, I my thing is like. All these road stuff, it's all about, like, finding as many different ways to just cram as much cash in these trips and, like, still have a good time, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. Well, uh, so let's talk about that, because kind of part of the reason why I wanted to have you kind of on the pod was talk about, uh, I feel like such an asshole every time I say on the pod. (laughs) Tell me when to have you on the pod. (laughs) Friend of the pod. Yeah, I love Uh, pods. Long time friend of the pod. Uh, no, but part of the reason I wanted to have you on here was because you, you, you and I had a conversation once coming back from, um, Rosemont uh-huh. and in it, you were talking about, you were like, here's kind of the vision and you actually kind of laid out a whole vision for like where you saw, um, you know, your comedy career, like a, a lot of this going, I, I don't want to say your comedy career, but like you, you, a lot of like, you drew, you drew a lot of lines together and laid out like kind of a vision mm-hmm. and it was basically like, listen, I can live and I can figure out a way to do comedy most weekends, doing the thing I love, teaching some of it. And I can probably make almost six figures a year doing it if I find places to go that'll pay me. And there's a lot of places nobody ever thinks about. And part of that was where this kind of idea came from for you doing these residences. Yeah. And like, and, and you just did... Um, not just you, but also Dylan, mm-hmm. I think, did a big residence show. What, we'll, 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 we'll make it a little easier. Uh, our entity of Commit to the Bit did that. And and for me, like, I don't really have any TV credits. I've been lucky enough to be on, like, performed at a lot of really cool places that look cool on a, res- on a, like a, on a sheet when I send it. But, like, ultimately, it's Commit to the Bit that I think is, like, as a branding thing, sounds cooler than just, like, oh, Tyler Ross the Comedian. Ah, yeah. So I'm more interested in, like, building that up, and then, like, we recently made it an LLC because, yeah, we are doing so many. Like, if I, like like you were saying, like, I'd rather at a point find communities that I can reach out to to kind of, like, get my things snuck in rather than at this point, like, finding a bar to, like, start a show, and then I have to go flyer to get some people to come out, and then I got to, like, spend $100 on Facebook ads to, like, potentially continue to, like, have seven people maybe come out because of it. Yeah. At a certain point, I was just like, what are these tricks of, where are people at that we can just bring it to it, and I can, like, cut my work down, and luckily, a bunch of comics from uh, the D.C. area came and were doing an apartment show similar to how we do it now, and they, honestly, I was he pretty much, this guy just laid out what they do as far as, like, how they set up shows at, like, apartments. And I go, oh, so you're just doing one in Chicago? Cool. When do you go back to D.C.? Oh, soon? Cool. Thank you for the free ID. <laughs> I mean, but that, and that's what it is. Like, he, he kind of laid out the map for me. And yeah. it wasn't a thing where it's, like, a competitive, oh, if you step on my turf. Well, there's enough. This. I mean, but here's the thing is, like, there's enough. There are enough, you know, there's 9 billion people in the world. Right. And there's enough people, even in any given region, to 
for anybody who's doing something creative to mm-hmm. find their own sort of like niche of a marketplace. And um, I think what I love about what you were talking about is like, I would have never thought of that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're doing, not only are you doing these resident shows, but you're doing like uh, the conference for yeah, these so, resident yeah, shows. Yeah, so we got lucky that we did a show that went so well. And it really, it's like, none of that is determined on us. Like we can come in and do our dumb jokes and that's fine. But like, no one shows up. That's not really my problem, which has been like a nice thing because yeah. they do, for the most part, a lot of them show up. Uh, cash is in hand already so I don't really worry about it that much but for like eight people show up to show great whatever but we got lucky that one of them that we did there were like 50 60 people staying in room only the lady just loved the show that so much so she just kind of pushed us along and that's kind of like I've that's kind of been my bet I've been having on all these is like we'll keep doing these shows at this like what seems like a very fancy kind of a thing mm. and someone's gonna go oh I'd like you to have have your thing come come be at my thing like and we just got lucky that one of the property companies was like, well, we have our conference for every management and leadership person going to be in town. You guys should come perform. And then we just wrote a roast of them basically for like 10 minutes <laughs> of just ripping apart their website. Oh, my and God. they loved it. Oh, my God. They that's so funny. loved it. So I didn't know that until you just said that. Yeah. Because I knew you had performed on it. But like, that's hilarious. But here's the thing that, I mean, from a business development perspective, and like there's two ways that I almost want to take this conversation. The first is, by the way, that's the L passing again. It stands everybody. for Elevated Train System. Oh, shit. Uh, but the two ways that I want to take this is that one way is I want to talk about what doing comedy in that environment is like sure. because it's different than going to open mics or doing shows traditionally. But the second is that you've almost kind of bootstrapped this unique business development thing because if you've, if you've basically found a, a grassroots market to go after, and as you've been developing it, you've been moving up the ladder, and there's so little competition in the sense that, like, Mm -hmm. nobody's, like, trying to exploit that market, but then the second part of that that's, you know, springs off is, like, you have a credit of doing a major, uh, I don't know, maybe not major, but you have a conference that you've done. Yeah. And even that, you can now laterally pass into doing some other type of conference. So if you go, there, there are conferences that exist all over. Right. And going to IRCE, for example, which is the Internet Retailer Conference, which is here in McCormick Center in Chicago, it's one of the largest conferences literally in North America. Mm-hmm. They have zero entertainment. And there are lots of different conferences that have that are so starved for entertainment. They'll have, like, it's talent show night right. or something like that. Lip Sync Battle was actually what, when we did the conference, our conference, we opened for the Lip Sync Battle they had later. So yeah. it was, like, comedy, then Lip Sync Battle, and... I'm so glad I, like, when they were laying out the night, they're like, well, here's what's going to happen. I was like, yeah, we're going to go before that. (laughs) I am in no way following a lip sync battle. I'm not a a very prima donna comedian, but I am not going after a lip sync battle. Well, I mean, but the thing about that is, like, that's the the level of competition, which is weird because, like, you know what I mean? Like, we can joke about this and have it be like, oh, man, fucking lip sync battle because they're about to see Carla in the accounting department do Beyonce or something. They had like whole teams of people that they clearly had spent a lot of company time rehearsing. Yeah, but at the same, but at the same time, like that kind of thing to them is like really, that's so low barrier to Mm -hmm. pass in the sense that like, there's not a lot of like powerful entertainment value on that. I mean, for them, that's like really cool and tribal and like they're going to do 
interesting and exciting things for one another, yeah. and that's fun. But at the same time, like, it's really not that difficult for you to clear the bar of being better than somebody who's lip-syncing and a group of people who's lip-syncing. And Dave doing a speech that, because he won, like, some random award and he happens to, like, make a couple silly references is never, unfortunately, going to live up to us, like, having fine to, like, pick through their website, wrote really, like, what I thought was really good stuff based on what we had information-wise, and we murdered, like, in comparison to Dave, who's like, well, you know, I've been here eight years. Well, six if you count the, or whatever dumb joke they put Yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Um, So, okay, so... Six if you count only sober time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, Dave. So let me try to answer both questions. So one, the shows are interesting because they don't feel corporate-y, which I think, like, comics, when they hear, like, corporate comedy show, they think, like, you in a Target headquarters where Mm. you have to make sure you're not talking about all those, like, crazy taboo things. And part of the reason why I'm really happy that we have control with, like, setting up the show, dictating, like, how the show's going to go in a capacity, and then it comes down to them just being, like, we're on board or this isn't us. Um, Because we've done this in other states now, too. And when you're in West Virginia... You know, for a, it was a college uh, apartment. They were like, "Well, is it gonna like offend our college kids?" And we're like, "Absolutely <laughs> not." And yeah. like our dumb line at this point, we've kind of developed is like, "We speak like adults, but we're not offensive, grotesque, or gonna be divisive." Yeah, right. We're we're gonna talk like everyone does. So I mean, like even that though is like such a. So the thing about comedy, I think that I've learned in a amount of time is this, which is like. Talent is the barrier to entry. Sure. So if you're not funny, you're just not, nothing is going to happen You don't get the you. second opportunity, yeah, I think. You can, you can get, always get yourself one opportunity, but you'll never get invited back if you can't hold up your end, right? Yes. Like, yes. So, but even then, it's like you, you can't, you could maybe get the first, op, you could maybe get the first opportunity. You're never going to, you're never going to get the second. But even then, most people won't even get the first. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you can't, how did you even end up here in the first place? But the thing that I feel like really is missing from most comedians is that you, they don't have a, they don't have the ability to kind of like hustle or market or do sales development or like put something together for them to actually have, have the opportunity and like even what you just said is basically a talk track because that's a that that's an objection. So these are business words that I don't even. Yeah, know I know, about. I, I know, I, but you like know, as this business dropout over here out of college <laughs> who's just making up things as I go, I love hearing that I've like stumbled upon. Like, well, this is why I things. wanted to talk to you yeah. about this is because it was like you. We were talking about this on the L mm-hmm. coming back from Oak Park, I think. Well, it, I, I think what and to simplify it, and I'm sure there's a better way of putting it, but like. With all these things, whether you want to set up a show at a bar, whether, you, whether you're trying to, like, pitch to a comedy club, mostly you just need to know what they want to hear. And eventually, like, and trust me, it was a pain in the ass, but, like, I've cold-called so many apartments, it would blow, like, my, a lot of people's mind because it just took so much time. But eventually, like, I have gotten to a place now where I know, like, okay, they really want to hear this, this, and that. Yep. Once I kind of put those out, then it kind of is on them to go, okay, we're going to move forward. Or, like, they're confused, and then it's just, like, Nah. Yeah, but I mean, like, even that, you know, it's amazing because, like, there are, are lots of entrepreneurs who I know from the world of entrepreneurial shit that I have a foot in, I guess. And a lot of them will have questions like, okay, so, like, how do I grow my business? And you're mm-hmm. like, look, you know probably who your target market is. Right. 
And like, and you've made this simple in the sense that you're just like, my target market is people who already have people. Right. And residences are a place that already have people. So I'm just going to go talk to those people because all I need is a yes from one of them. Right. And it, for some reason, just trying to get that message alone to a lot of these entrepreneur types is really challenging because if I talk, I mean like, I do a lot of writing well, it's because on Quora. No one, no one wants to start doing the process of what they think they, they know they have to do. And then if they get to that point and then they hear the no, they're like, well, I guess I guess I, I, guess I shouldn't have done that. And it's like, yeah. no, you should have because you still need to figure out, like, is it going to work out? Because yes. I think that's, like, the barrier to entry to a lot. It's like, I don't want to hear no. So if I build up and actually go through and start doing it and hear no, yeah. well, then uh, I don't want to do it. It's like I could hear 20 biz- buildings tell me no, and if, like, four of them book it, Cool. It was all worth it. Like, I, well, I, and even technically speaking, that's a twenty percent success rate. That's great. Yeah. If you had a twenty percent success rate business, you would you could be easily become a millionaire. Sure. Like, I mean, that, not it, at the rates we're charging, but definitely. Yeah, I mean, in the future, yeah, okay, sure. yeah, but you get the idea. Like the Absolutely, point, yeah. the point that I'm putting out is like, I think that you hit the nail on the head, which is this is the inherent crossover between comedy and like sales or entrepreneurialism or whatever you want to call it. Is like, you can have a good joke. And you can really in your heart believe that it's a good joke. It's something you laughed at and you wrote it down. And you can go to 10 different open mics and it will bomb maybe <laughs> at all, almost all of them. Probably. And finally, you'll have a show and you'll go, fuck it. I'm going to try it out on the show and we'll see what happens. And then it crushes on the show. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what it was, but I just, it just, it worked. Mm-hmm. And eventually you'll work it out. And there's a part of, a part, there's a part of you that's like, Maybe something changed in the 10 mics with how to say it or, like, you just learned by virtue of grind how, how, you know, how to actually present the material. But, like, there's a thing, like, in what you just said where you're, like, I called these people and at the end of it I'm, like, oh, I just know what they want to hear now. And, like, that step alone, for some reason, a lot of people don't even overcome that step. Mm. Like, just get on the fucking phone and call the people. I made a huge fuck-up today in one of my calls. I called one of the places... (laughs) And I was like, hi, can I speak to Carolina? I'm trying to talk to her about this comedy show. She goes, Carolina doesn't work here. Are, do you think you called the right place? And I immediately realized I called the wrong place. Uh, and I was just like, well, I fucked this one up, and I never can call this one back. But it's like, that's fine. There's 800 other ones. I, I'm not going to get too Yeah, and whatever. On call that one back in another week. They won't remember. Or I'll send an email and be like, oops, that was silly, wasn't it? Like, yeah, right. Right. And they get it, too, I think, on the other side. It's like, oh, we're not your only place you're doing comedy at? Like, we're not your special boy for it? Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here, you know? And in a weird way, that's almost better because that, you know, not to get not to get too meta, but, like, Robert Cialdini is a guy who wrote a book called Influence, and he talks about these six different persuasion triggers, and one of them is uh, scarcity. And is if you know, if somebody's aware that you're actually not, on, you're doing stuff for other people... Mm-hmm. It actually makes your value go up because they're like, oh, shit, that person's time is valuable and I need to try to get some of it somehow. And that's one of those things because because it is a thing I'm pitching to people for the very first time and they've most of the time they're like, well, I've done like wine and cheese night, but we've never done comedy. If I'm like, well, we've done it at this building, this building, this building, like sometimes people just need to hear like, oh, you've done it other places. Yes. I can trust you to do it here then. Total, or, yeah, just that reassurance alone. And now that I have this leadership conference under my belt, Anytime I talk to a, one of the buildings that has, that's under that same company, I fucking drop that immediately. I'm like, you know, we've done these shows. We've also, for your company, done, done this yeah. leadership summit. I almost feel like, please just give me my money now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like, I almost am too cocky with it, which sucks too, because 
sure, I've we've reached like a very small level of success like at the beginning now, but like the harder part now is that we've like made an LLC, so it's like legit and like we have dollar bills that we need to like more keep in track and it's not just like wee fun stuff, but now it's like all right, like we're playing real the real game now. But the nice thing is like and we had a like conversation at our last business meeting of like we all feel like <laughs> a little business meeting. Well, you couldn't, you couldn't I know, but nobody saw Tyler's the face he made when he just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I cringed as I My said. My last it. business meeting. Ugh. But you know, like that's the thing we have to now set. <laughs> we we have to set like weekly meetings where we have like an agenda and we have to talk. And like we all as like friends who started this as a goofy thing now go like, ugh. I can't believe, like, now we have to be so serious about it. But, like, yeah. that's the point with any of this shit. Like, yeah. if you were doing an improv group, eventually, like, you go, okay, guys, what, what's our next step? Like, we can't just be, like, zip, zap, and zopping all over town. Like, we got to <laughs> figure out, do we want to do a sketch show? We're trying to do a web series. Do we want to run? Like, Yeah, what are we going to do? You have to take that next step. And the way I kind of keep justifying is, like, I will work so hard in this business stuff because it provides creative opportunities for me. And I can send 800 emails to clubs yeah. who are also getting 8,000 emails. From 8,000 other comedians. And, and sure, that might work out sometimes. And I've, again, had the luxury of being able to, like, work at some comedy clubs, and that's fine. But, like, at this point, there's not enough comedy clubs based on all the comics you see, you know? Well, and what's weird is that, like, they, I think, you know, something that Bill and I have talked about a lot is we tried to start the show years ago called The Executive Comedy Show. We tried to start this, like, two years ago now. Me and Bill and Josh Otisanya. And... One of the things we wanted to do was we really wanted to pay comedians like what we thought they were worth because <laughs> good luck. I know, right? And uh, what was crazy about it was like, you know, you can go do a headlining set even at the Laugh Factory. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a legitimately nationally known comedian, you can walk out. So let's say you're not, let's say you're Christopher Titus, actually. Okay. Who's a comedian that you and I know. Most people listening to this podcast. Uh, all eight of you will never have heard of him. <laughs> and uh, no, most people have never heard of Christopher Titus. He had a show on Fox right. years ago. He was one of my big influences when I started doing comedy. And yet, nobody's ever heard of him. And the thing that's really amazing about that is that he can he's a nationally known comedian, known, quote-unquote, right. known comedian. He'll come in and do the Laugh Factory. No one will have ever heard of him who will show up to see him. Some people will be like, oh, that's that one dude who's on Fox, whatever. Right. And then Laugh Factory will pay him peanuts like, to do the, his show. Mm-hmm. A few hundred bucks, maybe, for a night. And you think, like, that's a show that Laugh Factory's selling out two, three hundred tickets, maybe, to see him. Like, I don't know what the capacity is, but it's probably pretty good. Two drink minimum. And I would also, I would say at this point, too, the hard thing, and it, you have to find, like, your niche fans in some capacity, right? Like, like I think Doug Benson's a perfect example, right? Like, he has such a niche following for mm. what he does. And, like, in a really awesome way. He's found it. He, he can go play wherever he wants because he has, like, a very specific group. It's like weed people. We, right. And, and even if you're not, like, a true and true weed person, you still probably, like, have some interest in it. So you, yeah. right? At this point, like, I can't say commit to the bit people are these kind of people, right? So I'm more on the camp of, well, let's just try to grind out and get as many shows and just, like, you know, we put the email list everywhere we go, right? And Because that is what you need. You need, like, some sort of niche, very specific thing that people are drawn to because if you're just like, hi, we're comics. We like oh, yeah, jokes. Nobody, yeah, no one cares. Uh, yeah, why, why? Or, or, or won't even remember after. Yeah. What, how long is your email list? Um, probably right now it's like probably like 50-ish. Got it. Um, 
yeah, probably. Because that, and that's a nice thing is my always thought is like, okay, cool, we've gotten in this apartment. How do I squeeze a little more of what I want out of it? Yeah. And right now where we're at, because we don't have like merch or anything else like that, like it's like cool. We we'll do other shows in the city that are like we want to get people like we do a monthly showcase at a bar in Wrigleyville. Yeah. Um, Which I've done. It's a wonderful show. Right. And and it was cool. And we, you know, and that's like partly people we really like and we know that we work with or like other things like that. And it is like slowly getting to be where people have seen us. We got their email. Now they're going to come check it out again just to see what's up. Yeah. And, and that's again, like all these road stuff. I want to like steal as many people to kind of like keep being fans of, whatever is this weird brand thing we're doing because eventually like hopefully we we recycle we keep doing it over and over again we're like cool now we are playing like the cool places i don't have to call 800 places to like maybe get one show at a bar that yeah isn't gonna even pay (laughs) me in the first place and we'll take donations like eventually i do think like much like doing the shows at the apartments i'm hoping someone goes oh we want to use you for this like eventually i think it's just like go 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 i mean I'm very influenced by music and somehow rappers and stuff are able to make it with just like a CD hustling on the street, right? Like yeah. None of us are really able to do that with comedy. So you got to figure out your own like hard hustle to do it. Yeah. And I think like, well, and that. I think you figured yours out kind of. And I think like, I think your, your point is good that you're like, I hope that at some point somebody recognizes what we're doing and tries to take us to the next level, which I think could totally happen. But I think the second part of that is like, even if that doesn't necessarily directly happen, you have already built up enough credentials to now start approaching these other events that are like being coordinated. Oh yeah. And like, and corporate groups and all this kind of stuff. And, like, when you hear, like, you were mentioning it earlier, like, corporate comedy. Mm-hmm. And you hear, like, ugh, got to whitewash everything I'm doing right. and, like, make it very plain and palatable. Like, maybe that's kind of true. But the other side of it is, like, even if you had to do some of that shit in order to basically make a living doing the thing that you love, it can enable you to go do some more exciting shit. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, you hit a lot. Le- I'm hitting a level in my life now where I'm realizing in order to pursue doing the things I need to love, I actually have to make money doing them. Right. Because I literally don't have time to, like, do the things that I really enjoy doing outside of doing them for some kind of income, mm-hmm. simply because life is just so expensive. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Um, well, pardon me. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, at a certain point, you go, okay, how many, like, hustle things can we put together to make it, like... I don't have to go do my job anymore. And, like, yeah, I would rather spend that time where I'm, like, at the school that I work at. I'd rather spend that time doing, like, business hours, like, cool. Instead of, like, watching the kids like I am, I make 15 more calls. I can do all this. And then, like, eventually it's going to just start flowing. And then we can be more creative. Like, like there are other creative things we want to do. And I think, like, it's on twofold. Like, you need to have something, some sort of, like, credit or whatever, to get more recognition, but then to get more recognition to get the credit, you need, yeah. you know, like, it, it, it's a snake eating itself. I yeah, like, the Ouroboros. I don't know. I'm not smart. Uh, <laughs> but but it's been, but the nice thing is, like, we've set the terms for most of these. And that's yeah. kind of, like, what I will, like, I'll give myself, like, a little, like, pat on the back. Is like, again, like you said, some of these are, like, corporate things, but we've been doing our thing the way we want to do it, and we've set the terms of it that if they go, well, we want you to do this, we'll go, cool. We'll do our thing there, but, like, we try not to get too dictated by uh, it. yeah. Because that's the point. It's, like, we brought what we do. We're not – and, like, there's obviously room for, like, 
wiggle room, like sure for money in some capacities, oh, man, but also wind. like, I know, right? We're recording outside, windy city. Um, but but that's kind of like the point. It was like we're building like our thing, and if people want to do be a part of our thing, then hell yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that kind of is my way of not having to cross over the like. Boy, my family is weird. Am I right? <laughs> uh, you guys have families. Well, I, you know, I think that not to. I feel like we keep returning That's one of to my the jokes same. About too, so. yeah. <laughs> I feel like we keep returning to the same touchstones a little bit, sure. but it's interesting because I think that they're they're still fresh. And one is like you know you you could go do, you know, cruises. You could go do you do having done corporate things enables you to have a lot of credibility when you start talking to other companies. Yeah. And it's strange because it's like, in the world of comedy, it's so saturated for this very particular place that, like, can you imagine having done a series of different corporate comedy stuff? It actually probably would be easier to then begin to reach out to uh, clubs and just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this, here's my resume, and just having dropping, like, all these names because... The, those club managers, especially in the local market, mm-hmm. they want relationships with those companies. Yeah, and if you say, like, hey, listen, like, I just did this show. I have an email list of all these people because they really like me. Like, book me at your club, and I will, like, email, email these people. because. And that's the shitty thing about clubs now, I guess, is the sense of, like, most of them probably, a lot of them I would assume book, like, all right. Who's gonna be able to bring people out? And we I mean, don't that's exactly that's much. exactly how they book, like, right? We, absolutely. We, you know, like Bill and I talked to Curtis, and his he was on Bill's podcast, and uh-huh. he basically was like, "I only care about one thing, and that's poll. Right. How many people are gonna pull people into this this venue?" And like the old way, I used to work at the Denver Improv, like way back when, and the old thing was like, "There's two headliners, or one or two things: one, somebody who puts butts in seats, or two, this if you have a headliner who's not." They guarantee that they'll bring people back. And I think, like, people are kind of starting to get away from the second column a little bit because uh. there's just so many people that they can find. Like, that's like when you hear people from L.A. be like, all these fucking YouTube stars are getting booked at comedy clubs with no bits because they yeah. can put their name on a thing. And, like, 50 people show up just because they saw, like, yeah. Greg the Funny Twitch streamer is going to be doing the show, you yeah. know? Yeah, well, I mean, and, and uh, it's frustrating because it's destroying a craft that you and I care about. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's destroying a craft that you and I care about because it's like the same thing that, like, comedian. I mean, I've been doing comedy since before Twitter, but, like, I remember comedians saying this when Twitter came out as they were like, all these Twitter comedians, you know, 140 characters does not a joke make. Right. And, but it, in a weird way, it's, like, similar. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you're kind of an entertainer. And you and I, I think, could probably agree that you're, in a weird way, kind of actually destroying the craft a little bit. By, <laughs> I'm serious. By no, like, you're right. Because, I, if, like, for example, I know probably for what I'm doing, I'm probably undercharging, right? Yeah. But my more thought is, like, well, if no one else is doing it, it doesn't matter what I'm charging. Even though, like, let's say, like, a second city, if they were to come in and do kind of a similar thing, they probably would charge, like, two or three times what oh, I dude, charge. Dude, they charge so much. It's insane to, not to d- d- derail this, but, like, I've been doing, I've been teaching corporate, mm-hmm. like, improv, and, like, I've been going to different, like, groups around Chicago and teaching improv or doing stand-up and trying to teach stand-up to, like, executives and yeah. stuff. And it's insane to me how much the second city or... I mean, especially the second city, but yeah. also IO charges to do the same exact thing. 
I mean, it's it's ridiculous, like, the amount of money that that brand name, like, gets. And the way, like, I've kind of justified not charging as much is, like, okay, we can, we're building our own demand. Like, every, we've kind of, and this is, like, a made-up number, but, like, every six months we've added, like, $50 to how much we add sure. for it because, and someone told me this who's, like, a little more sales savvy. They go, keep asking for a dollar amount until they say no, and, like, yeah. I'm just not confident enough to do that. <laughs> I'm more like, hey, well, like, can I, like, just get a hand job? Is that cool? Like, I don't want to sleep with you, but, like, if I got just the hand job, like, that'd be cool. And they're like, fine, I'll give you a hand job. And it's like, dude, you could have fucked that girl, but, like, you're just going for a hand job? I was like, yeah, but, like, I knew I would get the hand job if I asked for the hand job. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it is. I didn't want to hear the no, so, like. I said what I knew I would get, right? That's so funny. Because, I mean, like, it's it's, we- it's so fucking weird to say this, but, like, because there's a guy who asked the hot chick to, to have, you know, to fuck him, and she was like, no, and then left. And that guy could have gotten a hand job from the hot exactly. chick. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, maybe he's the more, like, has more morals or, like, stood up for himself oh more. But I got to come and he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> came everywhere. It was great. Ugh. It was sticky. Her hand. Ugh. She should just, we should have just walked Oh, that man. Way. That's so funny. Her skirt. What a fucking, oh, what a bitch. <laughs> no. that's, that's so mean. But, and, then like, the way I justify it, too, is, like, some people have been like, oh, that's not that much. And I'll be like. Don't say that to me, please. Yeah, like, these are money. This is money that I earned. This is the more than the zero money well, you earn by like, not doing this and, show. And Dylan said this, and I, I think it's so true. Like, I feel very court jestery when we go in and do these shows. Sure. Because we are coming into people that are, can pay, like, you know, they're like $1,600 for a fucking studio apartment, right? Like, clearly there's money to be had if, like, that as much as that, that amount of money is being put in. They have all these other shitty, stupid amenities that, like, Maybe every third person really cares about yeah. and all this other stuff, but they're in such a demand, like, or in such a competitive thing as well. Like, I'm slowly starting to learn, like, they need me just as much as I need them because that's uh, one more thing they can put on their fucking Instagram. Yep, yep. One more thing they can put in Facebook. Like, we do weekly, we do social events yeah. such as blank, 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 blank. So you just changed. See, see, that's the real. You had mentioned this to me on the train, and I'm glad you mentioned it again, because that's where you, you what you just said changes the game. Because what, what they need to provide, the, they need to provide the residents something that says, hey, look, we are going out of our way to try to make the place that you're paying for better than other places you could be paying for. Yeah. And that's the kind of shit that we talk about. So it's funny, because when you're thinking about and entrepreneurs, business dev people have to think about this shit all the time because it's like, who's your real customer? Yeah. So you're showing up and you're doing comedy for these people. And, and, and it's true that like you're, you have to have fun and it has to be interesting. They have to have fun. They have to leave a, you know, about it. They probably have to, like you said, Instagram it or whatever. But like the real customer here is the people who are paying you to show up to do this. And, like, so in the past, and I'm like, let's reverse this, and, like, the, 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 the situation we were talking with before about comedy clubs, it's, yeah. like, the real customer here is the guy who's booking you at the comedy club because right. he wants the money of the tickets, and he wants, or she, wants the drink nice. sales. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think, like, you recognizing that you're, like, I'm actually as important to these people as, like, their situation is to me is like where this starts going. And I think that it, probably even in the near future, I could see you saying something that's like, oh, I'm recognizing I'm actually more valuable to these people than they are to me. And then that's when you're, that's when the money you make goes from being, okay, this seems like 
you know. Just to prove the, like, concept. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To being, like, really, and so the question you have to ask yourself from a business development perspective is what other things do I have to do or what other things have to happen in order for this to become an obviously asymmetrical relationship in terms of the value I'm providing to the money I'm charging? And, like, I think, and again, like, I know I'm probably not charging as much as I should for these kind of things, but it's like... But you're racking up a huge resume. Yeah, and, th- and that's why, because I-, I would do some of these for free I just to, like, say I've had some that I've done, right? Like, yeah. at a certain point, and we have a whole page on our website now, because we have a website, um, that's, Shit, man. that literally this just... This podcast brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> that literally just lists all the buildings we've done. So in my email now, when I email places, I slip that link in of like, and here's all the buildings we've done. And they click in, they go, oh. Oh, shit. They've done all these, like, that must mean something. Yeah. And I think like, like what we're trying to do, and this is me like faking business things because I don't. I didn't go to business school. Yeah. And I did, or I'll finish my degree in it. But eventually, like, I think it's going to be, I'd like to see it be where we've done so many People are referring us, which is kind of slowly starting to happen that yep. to a point where I can be like, well, listen, guys, we are kind of booked pretty heavy this week. But, like, here's the thing. Like, we can do your show, but I need X more money for it or whatever. And we've already, like, gone back to some of the places and been like, hey, we're asking for more. And they're like, you quoted us this bunch before. Why is it this? And we're like, we're growing, dude. Like, yeah. that's just the way it is. We're really sorry. But, yeah. Our time is worth this much because other people are offering more. That's as simple as it gets. And you know what? As and as a biz, as somebody in who has paid money or hired other people before, uh, as a businessman in this kind of way, which is the weirdest way I've ever referred to. <laughs> that was myself. a fun sentence. I'm going to write that down later. Yeah, <laughs> it felt uncomfortable for me to get out. Uh, but as as a businessman in this kind of way, it feels like. That's actually, strangely, one of the highest value things you can hear from somebody. Mm-hmm. Is they're like, listen, I'm in demand. So if you want me, here's how much it costs. And like, we grandfathered you in. I should really be charging you twice as much. Right. But I'm actually only going to charge you this much as much because, you know. We have a relationship. We have a relationship. Or, and you kind of like, got us to where we are now in some sense by giving us, like, the tryout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Like, I remember when we showed up to the first one that we actually had set up because, again, I was just kind of BSing all this, and we showed up, and we're like... We don't know how this is going to go. What are we supposed to do? And we're like, I don't know. Yeah. And now I'm just like, no, let's just go do it. Like, I don't even... It's it's really... And it, I think it goes down to, like, it's so easy to see comedy everywhere for us. We know it just is, like, around us literally everywhere that it's easy to forget, like... Not everyone does this. No, it's and a big, that it's is a the big hardest novelty. thing, I think, to, like, the hardest thing to remember is, like, not everybody has taken the time to do it. Maybe everyone could do it. Yeah. Because thank you, Second City. Everybody's a comedian. <laughs> God damn it, that um, advertisement. God, the fucking worst. But this is what Tyler's referring to is that, not to derail your no, point, no, no, but the, on the L, which you've heard fucking going around in the background of this podcast because we're outside, mm-hmm. uh, there was a series of ads that were put up like probably a year and a half ago. Yeah, probably. And that all said at Second City because everybody's a comedian. Take and they classes. Were, Take <laughs> classes, and you would. And as a comedian, you'd see it. And you'd be like, "Fuck this place!" Yeah. Like, because every single person would think that, like, "Ah, well, we can do it. This is great. This is." And it's so shitty because, like, that just encourages all the worst improvisers. Well, and it's like. What they don't say is the second sentence. Everybody's a comedian, but not everyone can make it as a comedian. And also, not everybody is funny. Sorry. True, yeah. And, like, there's ways to, like, you work really hard at it, blah, 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 blah. But, like, at a certain point, like, you do have to spend and start, like, 
sacrificing sounds like a very like more played out word than it needs to be, but but like you do have to start going like, all right, I'm hedging my bets a little more that this thing that I've spent some time with is like working actually out. working out and doing yeah. it. Like like you know we're setting up our next summer tour and. I feel really confident going to almost anywhere now and performing. Whereas, like when I first started doing, I'd be like, "Are they gonna like what I'm doing? Is what yeah. I'm doing here gonna play there?" It's like, well, it's like whatever. weird because people say like paying your dues, but there's a strange amount of it that it feels accurate because I feel like I've I've done stand up comedy for a really long time, as I'm fond of saying to everyone who will listen. But I've I've done stand up a long time, but a lot of that I think I was a tourist, or I was like it was a hobby. Or something. Yeah, I definitely feel like anytime I did stand-up before I moved to Chicago, I was auditing the class of stand-up comedy. Yeah. I, that, yeah, I feel like that's a perfect sentence. Well, I know. It really was. You nailed it. Because I think that, and I'm sure that, you know, William Petit and Josh in New York or whoever else, Jonathan Falconer, who listens to this podcast, is probably going to be like, oh, that's how it fucking felt until I got to New York. But, like... And maybe that's the case. Well, yeah, you audited. You, you know, I remember shadowing a high school before I went to it. I remember touring a college before I went to it. Like, every step's its, its own step. But then I think about comedy is, like, you kind of define what the school is for you. Like, like right now, I feel like I'm in a master's class of, like, comedy business right now yeah. here in Chicago. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm setting up this home base. We're kind of figuring out all these, like, different things that can be, like, utilized in all these other places. You, I mean, and you're nailing it in the sense that, like, there's a lot of business-related shit that you have to do. There's 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 maybe forms that you have to get created from, like, uh, legal Zoom. so many W-9s. Yeah, legal like, Zoom so or, invoices. like, yeah, and now yeah. you have, like, you have an LLC now so they can pay you guys directly. You have yeah. probably a pass-through income. You maybe need an accountant. Like, all this shit that you're Please handling. Please hit me up if, you need, if you're an accountant. <laughs> so you can just speak to Joshua Jasanya, actually. He's an accountant. And, like, the point, the point of, of saying all this stuff is, like, there are so many comedians who, who have never done any of that stuff. And, like, it's funny because, at, just to return to this point, I, not to beat a dead horse, but I remember thinking when I was doing stand-up uh, in Detroit in high school, I remember thinking... I I see that there's a lot of people in the world of comedy who are funny comedians who don't know anything about the business side of this. And they would leave Detroit, and then they would come back like six months later <laughs> because they'd go to New York or L.A., and they'd just burn out. And right. they would come back, and they'd have no sense for any of the shit. And, like, the number of comedians who have incorporated a business, you could count on one hand. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like... Everybody starts, like, trial and erroring in their own way. Everyone has, like, this, like, small plan. And as you, like, get more and more into stand-up, you start, like, slowly adjusting, like, okay, what is, like, my plan? What do I think is going to be, like, step one, step two, step three? Or what is, like, the stretch goal of what I'm trying to do? And, like, it's constantly changing the more and more you're into it. Like, when I first moved to Chicago, I was like, cool. I'm going to get on every showcase in Chicago. <laughs> and that's how I know I'll have made it. Yeah. And it's, like... That's great, and that's fun for show stage time, and it helps you develop, and you get to know more people, and your your comedy clout in some senses goes up. But like, you know, you got to think about like what's step two or three after that. You know? Yeah, and like even what is that going to gain you in terms of like you know I. Well, and when you're at that step, you still develop a business plan for that. You go, okay, I'm going to do a bunch of mics. Yeah. I'm going to hang out at said mic. Yep. I'm going to go watch the show. I'm going to submit my clip and try to phrase it in the very best. Like, how many of these fucking Hello, my name is Tyler Ross. I'm a Chicago-based comedian. I am emailing you in regarding blah, 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 blah right? Like, like, even that is part of, like, it's your business. It's all part of the that outreach you need plan. To do. Yeah. yeah, you have a market. There's these mics. 
But like that's the thing is like there's so there's no money moving around that market. And that's true, yeah. But I mean like you're solving that problem because you're branching out into a different market. But that's that's part of the issue is like it's knowing who your client is or who your customer is. Or is who also can at least be your client. Knowing too. what the market is for this kind of shit. Because if you end up in real ass capital R, capital A, real ass entertainment, mm-hmm. meaning like you're on television, you're doing this shit. Yeah, there's a lot of money that moves around that space, but that's a very small market. And There's it's not, like, guaranteed forever either. No, like, it's not at all. Thing. I mean, we know people who have ended up on late-night pro- programs, and they're still struggling. I ran into Josh Johnson last week yeah. in uh, New York. I saw him at Stand Up New York. And Josh is hilarious. And yeah. he's, like, doing a ton of shit. But, like, he's even him, he's writing for The Daily Show, and he's, like, they're paying him decently to live in New York, but he's not, like, ban- he's not a banking. He's not right. a millionaire. Stephen King works for SNL, same kind of thing. Like, he's making enough money to live in New York and not have to, like, fucking worry about paying his bills. But, like, and, and honestly, and here's the thing. It's wonderful to have that kind of life if you love doing comedy, which right. we all do and, they, and those guys do. And, and you'll take that deal. I would take that deal. Like, but, oh, Absolutely. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, even that doesn't equate to I'm making big-ass money or I can even retire on this kind of job. Like, the level of effort that has to take place even at that Space is is challenging to the people who occupy it, and, and it's not guaranteed. And when forever. you're in like entertainment stuff, like you still have to keep like folding your sheets over and over again, <laughs> right? Maybe that's not the best way, but like I only mean in the sense like, cool, if you got SNL, that's awesome. But you have to use that to then go do the next thing, regardless of if it's like handed to you because of your connections you've built up, or then you go, okay, well, I did SNL. I have this credit. I'm no longer on SNL for whatever which reason. Now I have to go hustle. And figure out the next thing. The next thing, thing right? Yeah. Am I now going to take this credit and try to bust as many clubs as possible because that's how I'm going to make my money now with given, like, the tools I've, like, given myself? Or do I go, all right, well, I'm going to go develop a new show? You know, like, there's so many. Yeah. It's, like, it's good to have that. But then, like, even in the back of your head, you got to be like, all right, but what am I going to do? Well, what's the next this? thing? Right. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, like, it's hard thinking about, like, when you hear all these, like, big-time comics be like, yeah, I'm not for sure, like, or people you perceive as being big-time comics being like, yeah, I'm not even, like, sure within, like, what I'm doing now is going to, like, keep being a viable thing or I'm going to keep yeah. making a living. You're like, what do you mean? You have a very successful podcast. You're sponsored by Stamps.com. Like, <laughs> you must be doing well, and you oh. have no worries about your comedy ever again. Oh, what a, what a wonderful world it would be to be. Sponsored by Stamps.com. Oh, if only. <laughs> Stamps.com. Please get back to us. Um, That's so funny. Uh, talk to... We're running up on time a okay. little bit, but talk to people about where they can get at you and the things that they... We have a lot of subscribers who have come here after uh, listening to my Chanel Preston episode. Okay. <laughs> um, so the main two places I would ask you to go to are... Uh, Pornhub. Commit- no. Pornhub and Brazzers are my two favorites. <laughs> um, no joke. When I was in uh, high school, we had one person on my hockey team had a Brazzers account. What? And we would all pass that information Jesus, around. Man. And you'd be like, you would know you go log in. You were like, damn it, it blocked me out. Somebody's using the Brazzers program for password <laughs> right now. Um no, so, like, really, the, the main place, I mean, check out Commit to the Bit, uh, committothebit.net. We also have a Facebook, and we also have our own podcast. It's on SoundCloud and iTunes. And then my personal shit, uh, tylertellsjokes.com. You have a, you have your own, I didn't know you had your own website. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you kind of have to have both. Like, I have this business that I try to funnel a lot of things in because I feel like it makes it seem more legit. But, like, 
I'd like to do my own stuff too. Like I personally would like to work colleges and commit to that helps me get better to like go on my own. Sure. Not that I would ever like just be like, peace out bitches. But like, but both of them can live separately because there's enough time in the day. Yeah. Um, I'm, in August, speaking at like Northwestern Science Con what? event about like, dude, that's so cool. Yeah, it's like something about like doctors trying to like learn how to like have a better connection with patients when they're talking to them. Yeah, in some capacity, I know very little about it, but someone like again passed my fucking name along. Yeah, and yeah. like all these. Things. That's so cool, man. So Tyler tells jokes, and that'll get you all my social media shit. I've been like real hot on Instagram. I really like Instagram. What, so are you serious? What do you mean that. hot on it? I like it. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Like I, I, That's one of those platforms where I'm like, I want more followers so pe- people will like my <laughs> stuff. Follow and me. Yeah. I feel like I try not very hard at it. Can someone like, someone told me like, here's what you need to do. If you want to get Instagram followers, these are like the steps you need to take and nah, I don't want to do all that. But uh, like, it seems, yeah. I still enjoy it and I'd like, it, I'd, I'd like to be better at it. Well, I think that, you know, people should, if you're, I think if you're listening to Tyler and you have like any interest or questions about stuff he's talked about, I think that you should get a hold of him because I think you're honestly, and I mean this sincerely, I think like you're one of the most interesting people in Chicago comedy who I know because I feel like you're doing something different. You're pi- you're, you're truly pioneering and something I different. I love talking about it because even in like talking about it, I kind of discover like, oh, you know what? I can like do this. So like, please talk to me because you'll end up giving me an idea out yeah. of it more so well, than and it's selfishly. Funny, it's funny because like we didn't even get into some of the stuff I actually did want to talk to you about on this podcast, like co- your cold call script <laughs> and how you did it. I'm serious because yeah. like a lot of that stuff is, is actually genuinely interesting. And then like I even... Today, I hired five people who all started at my day job today. Mm-hmm. And the background that I have with stand-up, I took them through. We did improv for an hour at work. And I talked to them, and I was like, I don't want you to think about the script that I'm giving you as a script. These are, these are bits. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have you guys write jokes for stand-up, and we're going to go through them so you understand how this is different. You must because, be super fun at the Oh, end my God, they hate me. They hate me so much. <laughs> It's, I, but here's the thing. I know this is going to make them successful, but the reason that it's going to make them successful is for all the reasons they don't want to do it. Right. And it's funny because it's like comedy is such a weird-ass thing to do because it's super uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. not fun at all when it's going poorly. It's the worst. And when you try to describe it to other people, it doesn't even make any fucking sense because, like, <laughs> you're just like, what? if somebody was like, hey, what do you do in Chicago for comedy? I'd be like, okay, so first of all, i probably go bomb four to five times a week <laughs> in front of people who have seen me bomb before and will see me bomb again. Mm-hmm. They've heard all my jokes and they have no interest in hearing me. Those are other comedians. Then I go do maybe one to three showcases a month at best, and at best, on the best months, and only one of every other of those is actually a decent audience. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I do this all the time, but here's the best part. I definitely don't make any money. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just... It just feels like that's the, it's so insane to like go through that process. But the weird thing about it is like compared to trying to week over week, you know, refine material and not make money, doing something like just cold calling a handful of these fucking residences is actually, pe- is easy compared to that. I mean, it's not, it's in its own way like, challenging. And I, I, as you say, like, and I don't like not try to develop material or do other stuff like like you said, like you could go do a showcase and there'd be like eight people, and it's like, oh, I'm just doing a really 
glorified open mic at some time like that. But, like, again, you wait around for all these opportunities of people to, like, grant you stage time when, like, literally it is all around you. So A comic guy I really like in the city, he hustles more than anybody calling these middle... He'll literally pick middle-of-nowhere towns with one bar yeah, in it. Jay Harris. Absolutely. But, <laughs> you know what? Jay Harris. He gets paid really well. The shows end up being fucking awesome. I've done, I, I, we talked about this. Yeah. I went on the road with him last in December. And guess what? Like, he's not doing wrong. Like, No, he's like, great. But, and that's the thing. You can sit around going, boo-hoo, like, why isn't show X, Y, or Z booking me? I've sent them an email. Like, they've seen me do well. Or you go cool, I don't need them to say I can go perform. Like, yeah. Somebody told me, and Jay told me this, like when we first started doing horror, he goes, go call a coffee shop. Ask to do 7 to 8 p.m. at their coffee shop. Ask for no money, and you can go develop an hour yourself. Yeah. Bring somebody with you. They do 10 minutes, you do 50. Like That's how you're going to get better. Like, I mean, basically, that was what Edinburgh was, basically. Yeah. Except I paid out my ass to go do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> keep doing improv in your office so you can pay for those <laughs> Yeah, things, I know, right? I, I mean, that was kind of the point, basically. And, like, I, I think that he has a point. Like, you can go make that shit happen just by doing it. Well, and, and, it and, and, and you can pass a hat. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Go call a fucking ha- coffee shop and make something happen. And all these things, too, and whenever people are like, how was your summer tour? What would you learn? Like, they're reassurances for yourself to keep going. Yeah. Right? Like, you could sit around waiting for other people to reassure you about what you're doing. And, like, again, you could get on the show and then you do well and then, like, cool. I'm reassured that... I got on the show, and I did well, and I'm doing right. Or you can go, I'm going to go set up all these opportunities and reassure the fuck out of myself. And, like, and that's what I really prefer to do at this point. Dude. Well, I just, uh, like I said, I think you're just doing such great stuff in Chicago Aww. and, like, outside of the city. And uh, This is where I deflect by saying something mean. Yeah, I know. I'm glad that you and I have become friends because you were a real asshole when I first met you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was so cool. I beat you to it. <laughs> I thought it was so cool. I was like, I just moved here to Denver from Ohio, and I'm on an improv team, and I do stand-up every once in a while. I am pretty awesome. I don't need these dumb people. <laughs> Brendan Citron, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Who's this asshole? That's too funny. Uh, I wonder what I was like back then. I don't know. I vaguely even remember. I think you were too positive, and that's what I didn't like. I'm like, why is this guy so fucking nice all the time? It's like, (laughs) sure, in an improv theater, but don't be so fucking nice. Oh, man, yeah. I was strange to think about, because that was like five, six years ago now. It was almost six, yeah. Yeah, and I that was right before I moved to Paris for the second time, (laughs) and I did comedy there. That was was great. And then I remember I I re-met you in Chicago in 2014, Mm -hmm. and I was like really surprised that you were here. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And it was at the bagel mic. Oh, like when yeah, that was still yeah, going yeah. on in 2014. And you kept, like, being weird and, like, touching my arm. And I was like, what the fuck is Tyler doing? Like, just trying to, like, weirdly outframe me or something. <laughs> like, I had no idea. It was just so awkward. I was like, hey, we're friends if we touch arms, I think. So <laughs> we know each other from somewhere else. So we have to be friends. Cool. Oh, man. Well, Tyler Ross, thank you so much. Uh, TylerLaughs.com, right? TylerTellsJokes.com. 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 Commit to the bit. .net. Perfect. Uh, Take it easy, guys. Be well. Meanwhile, the madness continues. Bye.